0: Surprised.
1: Hey guys, and welcome back to Paranormal Hotline, the weekly paranormal podcast where we talk about little green men with really big feet. Uh, my name is Kaylee, and I am joined by my co host, Usheen. Ahoy! How are you doing this week, Usheen?
0: I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm
1: oh, pretty good, too. Pretty good, too. My cat... My cat, right? I got my cat neutered. I know I'm going on a bit of a tangent now, but I didn't tell you about this. We got our cat neutered last week, and every night since, she's dug a hole in my plants and shit in them. It, that's paranormal, in my opinion. That That is par- That is
0: definitely paranormal. Pooka, you keep on doing you. <laughs> keep They're on doing stuff. poos. Let's cover
1: all my plants in tinfoil every night when I go to sleep now. Like... like it's it's, it's stop like the... Uh, yeah, it's like to stop the... What do you ever use? Brain scans. for... <laughs> But for my plants.
0: Two full hats for your plants.
1: It's a nightmare. But honestly, I thought about this episode when I was editing last week's episode. Like all the sea and rain noises. They got me thinking about this story that I read a few years ago, actually. I can't even remember where I read it, but it was always fascinating to me. I think you'll like this episode. Okay. Uh, remember guys if you're enjoying the podcast it really helps us out if you can leave a review wherever you listen to it it sounds silly but it only takes a couple of seconds and the review really really helps us out uh you can also follow the podcast on spotify and you can follow us on twitter as well this week's episode starts off in 1915 in san diego
0: san diego comic-con yes
1: but not comic-con pre-comic-con california was experiencing the worst drought it had seen in over 1200 years so it was experiencing this Terrible, terrible drought. One thousand two hundred. Yes, it's just what I read. I'm not a scientist. Like San Diego relies on its water reservoirs for its for any of its water, basically. And they were getting dangerously low at this okay. stage. Not only that, but the farmers were having trouble keeping their crops alive too. And it's not exactly a time where you could transport water very easily. Like it was a really tough time for anyone who needed water, mm. <laughs> which is most people. But some farmers were actually hiring water witches i just thought i'd include this because i thought it was very strange yeah water witches they hired water witches to divine underground water sources with their rods you know like i think it's the same rods that are used to like communicate with ghosts you know the ones that it's like cross for yes and park them for no
0: yeah i'm not sure if it was this house or my other house we've had our own wells in both of them but we definitely were involved with this like this old man who had the gift and he came in yeah. and like, yeah. did the rod thing, and then it's like, oh, that's where your water is. And you know that's I mean? where
1: there's a water source. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that crazy? Like, what is that? That's not science, right? That can't be science. No. It, How do these no. rods know where water is?
0: Uh, I don't know. That's the thing. Did it, they
1: actually find water then?
0: Yeah, we had water in both houses.
1: <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, we had a private well as well, but I think we just got a normal person to find it.
0: But see, the, know, the, the, thing, builder. <laughs> the thing is, it's done so much in Ireland. It in, is, like, really, I know a few people, yeah. I don't think it counts as the paranormal. It's just pretty <laughs> it's normal. It's barely paranormal. <laughs> no, no, uh, definitely a bit weird.
1: The city of San Diego was also holding a festival called Pan Am California Exposition. and uh, These exhibitions were really important at the time, and the organizers were concerned that the drought would affect the attendance of the event as well. I don't know if you know much about these exhibitions, do you? Uh, I don't think so, not off the name. Uh, it's pretty much like inventors and lots of different people would come to these exhibitions and, and sell their goods so oh. you'd normally buy like you know you get your guns and stuff like that would be spread through these exhibitions what year is this again? Uh, they were really really important uh this is 1915.
0: 1915 okay okay yeah yeah
1: that makes yeah. sense it's so like it's... the end of the cowboy era pretty much there's still cowboys but it the started the age of
0: innova- innovation
1: Yeah, so the San Diego City Council Chamber on December 13th in 1915 held a meeting to address the problem of the drought. Jumping onto the stage was a man named Charles Mallory Hatfield. I think you're gonna love this guy. I think you're really gonna like Charles. So Hatfield was a 40-year-old sewing machine salesman and he was a self-professed moisture accelerator okay yeah what a name what a a fucking name moisture accelerator will be such a good superhero name
0: (laughs) it's me the moisture accelerator
1: like when he's killing someone he's like time to meet your moisture maker (coughs) boom and he drowns them somehow (laughs) kind of like the avatar you know like in the avatar when they put the water around people's heads oh stop like they water bend it and then they drown in the air yeah just like that that's the moisture maker he sells damp moisture accelerator he sells (laughs) damp
0: and and damp damp accessories
1: (laughs) Um, but before we get into it more, let's look at the, a bit of the backstory of Charles Hatfield. He
0: was bitten by radioactive water.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that freaks me out so much. I just don't like the idea of water with teeth. It's like mm-hmm. Jaws boat without yeah. the shark.
0: Yeah, no, that's not cool.
1: Hatfield was born in Fort Scott in Kansas on July 15th, 1875. And his family moved to Southern California in the 1880s. So he's from the 80s, you know
0: he's there in his neon
1: as an adult he became a salesman for the new home sewing machine company and in 1904 he moved to glendale california so he pretty much was a salesman his entire life but in his free time hat studied i cannot pronounce this word but i will try pluviculture (laughs) all right okay so pluviculture is a person who can supposedly induce rain by scientific means uh it's kind of a pseudoscience to be honest um but he began to develop his own method for producing rain so it's, to be honest it's, it's almost kind of like alchemy and what these people were doing just doesn't make any sense but they thought they were producing rain um but that's the first time i'd ever heard that word before have you ever heard of pluviculture before
0: i've never heard of pluviculture i i do know that like we can seed clouds now like yeah, with yeah. technology and like but i've
1: definitely not yeah, heard cloud of seeding is an actual thing but this is this is predates pluviculture and I don't think pluviculture led into cloud seeding I'm pretty sure it's <laughs> completely separate
0: methods I, I, they sound like two the br- two branches that are do not meet
1: so by 1902 he had created a secret formula of 23 chemicals in large galvanized evaporating tanks that he claimed attracted rain so he built this structure tank thing on stilts and he'd put all these formulas in it and uh, apparently he could attract the rain clouds to where he was
0: how high up were they was he just sprinkling water from like
1: no not very high up like okay. um I don't know 25 feet I think it was thereabouts like you okay. climb up and onto a ladder it's like a platform kind of he wasn't building I'll send you a picture clouds. of it no he wasn't <laughs> he's not just standing up there vaping <laughs> in 1904 promoter Fred Biney began a pub public relations campaign for Hatfield and a number of Los Angeles ranchers saw his ads in newspapers and promised Hatfield $50 to produce rain so they needed they needed rain pretty much mm. And in February, Hatfield and his brother Paul, they built an evaporator tower at La Crescenta, where Hatfield released his mixture into the air. So he built this thing, he put all his chemicals together, and, you know, mm. he he did his little magic dance around it. Now, apparently, there had already been rain forecast for that day, <laughs> but the farmers didn't seem to care because they, he'd actually paid him twice what he asked for. So he got $100 for the job that he did. A hundred old just, dollars. Yeah. It was hundred old dollars which is I actually did tra- <laughs> translate it into like modern time so if he was to get that now it would be about $2,500
0: that's pretty tasty
1: yeah to make it to make it rain for these farmers so they must mm. have been desperate like they must have been desperate so back to the council meeting in San Diego so that was that was Charles's backstory that's where he'd come from and now he's standing in front of the San Diego council and they need rain because the whole of San Diego was dying of, of drought. Hatfield told the councillors that he could have the Marina Reservoir, which was only one third full at the time, overflowing within a year for a fee of $10,000 to be paid only if he was successful. So the councillors voted four to one for a $10,000 fee payable when the reservoir was filled, a formal agreement that had never drawn up, though Hatfield continued based on the verbal understanding. So there was kind of like a verbal agreement between them all. He got the handshake. And yeah pretty much which was i assume it was more common back then like nowadays everything would be written down and all that but i assume back then it was all a, there was a lot of verbal agreements and stuff. <laughs> but they At all remember th- it like nobody denies that it happened it's heads the city wins tails hatfield loses is what councilman walter moore said with his fellow members verbally agreeing to hire the rainmaker so he just he was just like we can't lose either he doesn't get his money or you know yeah we get rain <laughs> So he just agreed to it. Either way, there was no way they could come out worse off from the situation.
0: It's not about. Or
1: so it. they thought. Oh no! So Hatfield, with his brother, built a tower beside Lake Marina. He said it would be ready early in the new year. So he told them in the new year to be expecting rain because that's how long it was going to take for them to make it. Have you heard this story before? No. So you don't know where this is going. I have no idea.
0: <laughs> I'm thrilled.
1: Uh, I sent you. I sent you a picture there if you want to take a look at it.
0: Okay. Alright, will have a look at so it this here. is
1: the tower that he built with his brother uh um, okay. i'll put the picture up into the discord for anybody who's listening as well
0: he has a funky toy
1: he does right i noticed that too his it's tie pretty is pretty really slick cool. he's a stylish man i like his moxie moisture <laughs> accelerator
0: <laughs> i like your
1: moxie but there was some people who were curious about the brothers and would wander out there to see what they were doing so they just kind of wanted to see these wizards at work pretty much <laughs> And these people reported that Hatfield set the fluids on fire and let the smoke drift skyward. So that's what he would do. One witness noted that the chemicals smelled as if a Limburg cheese factory had broken loose. What?
0: <laughs> what does that mean? What? Does, it's How a bad smell. How a factory smell? break loose? Cheese. Yeah,
1: right. I I don't know if that means like I assume that means farting in America. Like if somebody it, breaks loose, does that mean they farted? Oh really? I don't know. Because that's funny. <laughs> the idea yeah. of a cheese factory farting is a uh, If you're a yank, <laughs> let me know,
0: please. I'm intrigued. If there's
1: any yanks listening here, can you please let us know if Broken Loose is a fart or did the factory get up and run away? Because that's all I'm picturing. <laughs> yeah, so New Year's Day rolled around and just as Hatfield promised, the New Year's started off with a rainy day. So it's the first rain they've had in ages. Like just a light sprinkle and the newspaper read, Rainmaker Hatfield induces clouds to open and like everybody is delighted. Whatever he had done had seemed to work and Hatfield didn't just promise a sprinkle of rain. He promised to fill the reservoir,
0: Mm. which
1: requires a decent amount of rain. So this joy soon turned to horror for these poor people. The rain grew steadier over the next couple of weeks. And then on January 15th, a biblical rain started to descend from the heavens as much as 17 inches fell into the mountains outside of San Diego over the next five days. And here in Ireland, we call that the summer.
0: Yeah, we do.
1: So because there was like a drought, you know, when there's a drought, the riverbeds mm. tend to be dry and that tends to cause flooding. So the worst floods they had ever seen were happening. Worsening floods destroyed the bridges. They marooned trains and they cut the, the phone cables. So like the phone more lines and stuff were falling down nobody could communicate nobody could get in or out of San Diego not to mention flooded homes and farms two of the dams they both overflowed they were just insanely overflowed and there was people who were saying um, let's pay Hatfield $10,000 to quit <laughs> This was what one of the property owners said as he was being rescued in a rowboat. San Diego Union reported that Hatfield called City Hall to say, within the next few days, I expect to make it really rain. When he was asked if he was joking, he responded, never more serious in my life. Just hold your horses. I'll show you real rain. (laughs) Who, who who who,
0: Who has slighted this man?
1: this is the moisture accelerators villain origin story or something <laughs> I didn't expect this what a it twist just sounds so goddamn evil
0: <laughs> M. Night shamalama ding dong twist right here
1: <laughs> but the thing is he hadn't actually filled the dam that he promised to fill yet so you know More instead of water. doing it over time he was like you haven't seen rain yet you call so that it writing? kept raining and the rain stopped on the 20th of January right so It stopped for like two days, and then it fucking kept going. (laughs) (laughs) So on January, I think 27th, the lower Otte Dam broke, and it was just, like, it it was demolished. Like, there was 20 people who died because of it. Um, It destroyed so many homes and livestock, and this is a big dam too. Like, if you look at the before and after pictures, like, it looks like it was blown up. It was a (laughs) tall dam, and then there's just nothing. Like what happened was the rocks on the side of the dam actually got washed away because of the rain and the whole thing came flooding down. By the time the epic rain stopped in San Diego County, nearly 30 inches had fallen in a month. That made January of 1916 the wettest period in the region's recorded history. It was the wettest month ever. They had never recorded rain like this since or before, which is just insanity. I'm sorry. Like, what the fuck?
0: He gave more.
1: They did ask for water. San Diego (laughs) really
0: got the worst of both worlds.
1: Yeah, they really did.
0: (laughs) It was like a one-two.
1: The county coroner estimated that 50 people had died in what residents began to call Hatfield's Flood. With communication and transport lines severed, naval ships were required to ferry people and supplies in and out of San Diego. And as promised by Hatfield, the Marina Reservoir was filled to the brim.
0: (laughs) My work here is done.
1: Pretty much. (laughs) When hatfield returned to san diego to collect his ten thousand dollars the city refused to pay him uh, by the way ten thousand dollars in today's money would be around two hundred and eighty thousand, which is just insane that's a lot of money that's like a life-changing amount of money
0: yeah i'd be sorted
1: the city refused to pay him his money because if they did then they would be responsible for the flooding basically And they would have to compensate everybody whose property was destroyed or (laughs) livestock killed or even their poor family relatives who were lost. They tried to get Hatfield to sign a thing for his money, but in order to sign for it, he would have to say it was his fault. That everything was flooded and he would take responsibility for it which would cost him more in the long run so he was like there's no point i'm not i'm not accepting that responsibility yeah he had to run from san diego because of an angry mob and some people actually tried to lynch him because of what he had done <laughs> there was a mob out to get him he had to run like
0: he was too slippery
1: uh he was very slippery though He just to swim <laughs> swim to the next city yeah that's the story of charles hatfield what do you think of that
0: that is wild
1: have you never heard that before then? No. I'm actually delighted. Yeah, it's a true story too. Yeah, over the next decade he received offers from as far away as Cuba and Honduras where he hi- he was hired to put out jungle fires to protect the country's banana crops. And in 1921 he signed the biggest contract of his career, which was about $25,000 then, to bring 5 inches of rain to Alberta, Canada. Um but the Great Depression obviously arrived and that just decimated his business. But I'm pretty sure he was set from you know, twenty five thousand dollars back then He was dealing with like okay. what five hundred thousand dollars more now, so he probably wouldn't have been too bad off. And newly constructed dams improved civil water supplies, so his the need for his services kind of dwindled. There was actually a movie released in nineteen fifty six called The Rainmaker. It was loosely based on his life, and he even attended the premiere. Oh, he are still going. Very good. In nineteen fifty six he was still going. A <laughs> oh, 50 second. Yeah, um, uh, n- yeah, well, it wasn't too bad. It was kind of... Mm, I think it was actually more of a con guy in the movie, to be honest. But oh. He went to the premiere, so he must have been happy with it. But he actually died two years later, and he never told anyone his secret for making it rain. It's pretty much... I, I don't know. People are at debate whether or not he really knew how to make it rain, or whether he was just really good and, at, at knowing when it was going to rain. And coming to these places where they were having droughts or fires or whatever and taking advantage of the fact that he knew it was going to rain pretending that he was doing like some you know spell or whatever
0: like like a pain in his foot or like you know his left tit or something
1: Yeah. it's coming (laughs) then his left tit would leak every time it was gonna rain Jesus (laughs) but yeah yeah like like you said earlier in modern science we have cloud seeding Mm. and no matter how many times I read the explanation it still confuses me so I'll just read what Wikipedia says about it Cloud seeding is a type of weather modification that aims to change the amount or type of precipitation that falls from clouds by dispersing substances into the air that serve as cloud condensation or ice nuclei, which alter the microphysical processes within the cloud. So I'm pretty sure they just drop like dry ice particles and stuff into clouds and that causes rain or something like that. I think they used to use concrete powder as part of it concrete powder that doesn't sound good No,
0: don't quote me on that one but uh <laughs> they, the the americans did use it over vietnam back in the day
1: they used cloud seeding yeah or concrete
0: to, no no cloud seeding as oh. part of yeah yeah it was uh called uh operation operation popeye
1: i don't really understand how it works but i uh, from what i can read of it, it doesn't seem to be at all the same process as chris hatfield but to be honest or sorry ah <sighs> Charles Hatfield, I don't know what he was doing, nobody really knows what he was doing. The stuff that he was sending into the sky, could it be similar to what they used for cloud seeding?
0: I don't know, because see, cloud seeding is very hand- like, I, I say hands-on, but I mean like, you know, you're directly influencing clouds, whereas he's like kind of more or less at ground level, like he's he's up a little bit yeah. on, on these stilts.
1: He's on stilts, <laughs> yeah.
0: I don't know, there's yeah, something does, going on there. does
1: cloud seeding need to be from a plane? Yeah, yeah. They I see a lot from of pictures planes, yeah. of it and they kind of drop it ab- above the clouds. So it's not like it's coming up the way. It's coming down the way. We need a scientist on this show. <laughs> we need somebody who knows what the fuck they're talking about. <laughs> like the magic man used science, but it wasn't science. It was magic science. <laughs> he stirred his cauldron and it made it snow. <laughs> I have no fucking idea what's going on.
0: D- did he just know. know how to tell the weather?
1: I C- wonder that, you know, like, but but this was like, because when he went to um, San Diego... It was a couple of months beforehand. He did tell them in the new year he was going to have it ready to go or whatever. Yeah, but like... How many months ahead can you predict well, the flooding season, like that? The
0: seasons would have to do with it, I would think.
1: But I'm pretty sure the drought was like over two years, you know?
0: Yeah, but like these things definitely come in cycles. And we've seen... Like, do you think he was you know, just
1: chancing his arm? He was just like...
0: Well, he had nothing to it's lose. I going to rain.
1: I know, like, yeah, actually, that's not, that's like
0: not the, like, As much like they, the, the council said, oh, we have a great deal but so did he
1: it's just so funny that when it when it stopped raining on the 20th of January he was like you haven't seen rain yet <laughs> he's <was> like I'm <laughs> gonna make it rain more because people yeah. saw him going back up to his thing to mix more chemicals to cause it to rain again after the big flood the first time and that was when the dam burst and killed the most people <laughs> oh, so Jesus. I think the real yeah. question here is is he the bad guy <laughs> is, he is he the, the, the bad good guy? guy
0: has science gone too far um,
1: they they cloned Britney Spears. Of course it's gone too far.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I think he was kind of egging them on. Like, already things were going pretty bad. And he's like, you still haven't seen it. But then afterwards, more people wanted his work. So...
1: I want to know, was he actually melting cheese in the chemicals too? Does <laughs> <laughs> cheese caused rain. Maybe. Maybe this the sky wet because it couldn't have any of the cheese.
0: He was working one day on the perfect grilled cheese sandwich. And... <laughs> His house floods. <laughs> and he goes, I'm American. I can make money from this.
1: Before Charles Hadfield, though, there was other people who were um, pluviculturists. That's oh, yeah. still okay. such a weird word. There was one guy who theorized that wars uh, caused rain. So that when there was ever a war as in like a combat, like people shooting at each other, that that would cause rain. So the US government actually held like a little fake war to try and... <laughs> To try and uh, cause some rain did it work apparently it worked a few times but they couldn't tell if it was just going to rain that day
0: <laughs> no, their hearts weren't in it you have to be fully committed to the war for you have to, to be fully rain. committed
1: to kill each other yeah that's one of the theories i just thought that was really weird
0: <laughs> <laughs> how do you get to that like oh hey war
1: yeah, I don't know. I just, I assume that they heard a lot of war stories and it's always raining in them. I just feel like people notice rain when it, when it is, when there is a war because it's more of hassle. You know, everyone's wet. Yeah. It's awful and miserable mud, already. Yeah. But yeah, they actually, that's just, <laughs> I just thought that was super weird. And this that, that was like back in the 1890s maybe. So it was like civil war <laughs> reenactment. <laughs> that's the story of Chris, ha- Chris. Sorry. Oh my God. Why do I keep saying Chris? we sorry, Chris Hadfield. That is the story of Charles, mallory hatfield and how he managed to flood san diego um what do you think do you think real or not real was he an actual pluviculturist
0: i would dispute the pluviculture in my head like he's like you know snake oil you know that i think any sort of kind of loud talking person from that sort of time is snake oil like, yeah. you know, you say cowboy times, like, one of the things in cowboy times is snake oil salesman. I think this guy was just, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. getting a load of snake oil and climbing up the ladder and burning it <laughs> on stilts.
1: He's making snake oil come from the sky. Yeah. I like to think that he actually had something going. Yeah? Because he repeated it a few times, so I'm like, yeah. Hmm. My dude's summoning clouds hmm. with his giant cauldron, his cheese cauldron.
0: I think we would have figured out the, the, the juice by now.
1: No, I don't think so. Yeah, well, could somebody let us know what broken loose means? Does that, mean, does that mean farting? Broken loose, I would just think of somebody like breaking out of prison or something. Uh, and the idea of a cheese factory getting running away is pretty funny to me. But uh, cheese factory farting is also pretty funny. Yeah, that's everything we have this week, guys. Uh, if there's anything you have experienced, if you know anything about Charles Hatfield or his formula that we don't, you can email us at paranormalhotlinepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can also follow the podcast on Spotify. You can follow us on Twitter. We post every update there as well. And I hope you guys have a good week. Thanks for joining us. See ya.